Hi, and welcome to the SIBO SOS podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Sarna. I am so excited because today we are going to explore the big underlying cause of SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, that so many people do not know about, and it is adhesions. This is going to be a discussion with one of the world's leading experts in adhesions, Larry Warren. So wait a minute, what 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 are adhesions? I know, I know, it's confusing, right? I'd never really thought about them as an underlying cause for SIBO before and actually hadn't really understood the concept fully before I had met Larry Warren. We're gonna cover that really in depth in this interview, but let me give you a quick version. Adhesions are stretchy bands of internal scar tissue. Adhesions are stretchy bands of internal scar tissue. Okay, they kind of hold you together after surgery or injury, trauma. So like car crashes, falling off a bike, even getting hit in the stomach with a baseball. And adhesions are one of the leading underlying causes of SIBO. In this interview, we're gonna cover exactly what adhesions are in greater depth, why they cause SIBO and what you can do to address them. And no, it doesn't have to involve more surgery. This is such an important episode. Please don't skip it and share it with your friends too. They need to know about these. There are also fertility implications with adhesions as well. Today we have Larry Worm. Larry has an incredible story and has an incredible mission in helping people with adhesions. Between he and his wife, would they have helped so many people with not just SIBO? The story is fascinating and I can't wait for you to listen and get inspired and really get your... Get your wheels spinning and thinking about how maybe this kind of work could help you. Hi, Larry. Hi, Siobhan. How are you? I'm great. It's really good to see you and to hear from you. And I want to know, I know it's a long story, so just give us the quick story about how you got involved with adhesion work and helping people free up their body mechanically through hands-on techniques. I will. I will. Well, about a little over 30 years ago, 1986, my w- wife and I, to-be wife, uh, were preparing to get married and she developed cervical cancer. She's a summa cum laude physical therapist, top of her class. Um, to treat her, they did not only surgery, but a significant amount of external and internal radiation therapy. A year afterwards, they said, you know, you're, you're cured of your cancer. And she said, yes, but I cannot move or breathe without severe pain. You, you got to do something about that. And they said, well, that's, that's adhesions. We really can't do anything about that. You, you just have to learn to live with the pain. Well, somebody I've known all my life, and I, we were not prepared to do that. So we started studying how to eliminate adhesions on our own. Uh, took loads of continuing ads, started we helped her out. She got her life back, and we started treating chronic pain patients. Lo and behold, women that we were treating that had chronic pain, those with blocked fallopian tubes, their tubes started opening, and they started becoming pregnant and having another baby and another. So this happened again and again. The chief of staff of the hospital called us in. And he said, what's this about opening blocked tubes? I'm a gynecologist, surgeon of 35 years. I showed him half a dozen charts, and he said, my God, he said, you're, you're doing things with your hands I don't think I could do surgically. Have you published any, any studies on this? We said, no. Would you like to? Yes. So we published some studies on clearing blocked fallopian tubes. They always, virtually always uh, block from adhesions, just manually, just with our hands. And we started wondering, well, wait a minute. If we can open these smaller tubes, what about larger tubes? I mean, 
bowel obstructions are severe. They're life-threatening. The average person spends over 14 days in the hospital, according to the Health and Human Services. 7% die. Um, and when you get the surgery, if you have to get surgery, the 30, uh, 20% go back within 30 days for another surgery. And repeat surgeries continue through life because no matter how skilled the surgeon, surgery virtually always creates more adhesions because you have to heal from that. So the chief of the staff of the hospital, by then he's left the hospital. He's so fascinated with us. He's joined us. So uh, we've never paid him a cent. He's just loves us and, and he's fascinated. So he said, we're helping a lot of people. Let's try this with bowel obstruction patients. Lo and behold, it helps. And these people that are having obstructions again and again, they stopped having obstructions um, and stopped having surgery, certainly. And um, in, in most cases, we have published data on all of this stuff that I've mentioned so far, almost at the end of this, but it is a fascinating story. So then unbeknownst to us, one of our, one of our therapists treats a woman who has SIBO. In her case, the SIBO was actually eating her food. She was a 30, early thirties, a woman in her early thirties. She was down to 85 pounds. She was in a wheelchair when we treated her. Her doctor said, you know, she responds to the meds, but two days later or two weeks later, the SIBO all comes back and she's losing weight. She was literally starving to death. We treated her and um, suddenly the medications worked. And um, we didn't know much about, we knew nothing about SIBO at the time we were treating her because she had some adhesions in her bowel, in her intestines. And um, suddenly all these naturopaths started calling us and these SIBO physicians saying, what are you doing with our patients? And with our SIBO patients. And we said, what's SIBO? Because we really didn't know. We said, well, what we know how to do is clear adhesions. So uh, Steven Sandberg Lewis came flying out from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Allison Seebecker had called us several times. Um, Elena Gervich presented a bit about us in this case at one of the SIBO conferences. And um, we determined that what happens is for the physicians, they would treat the SIBO. It would respond a lot of times to the medications, but then the bacteria could not leave the system because adhesions were there. Adhesions form after inflammation, even just the SIBO itself or surgery or trauma or endometriosis. As we cleared the adhesions, now the treated bacteria could exit the system and patients were doing very, very well. Wow. 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 I'm familiar with your work. And so I, and I've heard you speak before at some of the SIBO symposiums. So I'm familiar with the concept of adhesions, but let's say, first of all, I would like to acknowledge that that story is practically miraculous. Okay. <laughs> that is been a long time. amazing. Amazing. <laughs> That's like a lot of minor miracles that lead up to a big one. Cumulatively, cumulatively. I wanted to find out if you had a nice succinct definition of what an adhesion Oh, look at that. They're calling you as we speak. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought no that off. That'll be off in a sec. That's no problem. Okay. Uh, can, you, can you define, <laughs> that's life, right? Can you define yeah. for me what an adhesion is? Right. An adhesion is an internal scar. And adhesions are formed as the first step in healing from anything, and any tissue trauma, an infection, surgery, endometriosis, inflammation, radiation therapy, 
these tiny strands, like strands of a nylon rope, but very small, come rushing in and start laying down on top of each other in a random pattern to, to help contain the area that's been injured. Um, once, and then your immune system goes to work. Once you have healed, those adhesions, those strands remain there. They've been estimated at about 2,000 pounds a square inch. And so they're like these internal straitjackets that form where we heal. Some places it'll never bother you, but in some places if it happens in the intestines or the reproductive tract or, or somewhere that has a lot of nerves, um, it can cause real pain or, or, uh, or really constrict the function. Is it like fascia? Is it collagen? It is, is it, collagen. It's collagen. It's collagen. It is made of, ex, of really the same stuff that fascia is made of, but these are loose strands that come rushing in that the body creates and sends to an area that's become inflamed. The strands attach to the fascia and the structures that are already there and kind of draws them together and squeezes them often. So um, th th does that kind of paint the yeah. picture for you? It does. So it's actually trying to almost provide a splint or be helpful to the body, but it ends up having a boomerang effect when it, by doing that, also draws organs or body tissue into the wrong alignment or placement. Is that about right? That's right. That's right. It, it acts like a, um, it's really like a little straitjacket or a, or a bandage, but a very strong one that lays down and never goes away. They stay the same or they grow. So are there places in our body where actually uh, adhesions would be helpful? In, in somebody that has uh, really ligamentous laxity or they're, they're just a little too mobile, actually you can get, there's an injection that's, that causes adhesions to help, to help bring, um, to help stabilize joints and such like that. But in most cases, really, once they've done their work, it would be great if they were gone, but they're not. Got it. If they, if they don't dissipate in seven to ten days, they're they're with you for life. Okay, I've got a lot of questions. Okay. I so if if let's say somebody has surgery, you could have adhesions. That's why doing surgery to remove the adhesions, as you were just saying, is not a great idea because you'll get more adhesions. But I was wondering if someone gets some trauma to tissue, like maybe they were in a fight. Maybe they were, heaven forbid, in an abusive relationship, or they were in a car accident, or the famous story of falling off their horse. Things that you just think like, oh, brush yourself off, or more serious things, of course. And that episode, that incident, that acute moment is over. Even something like a car accident where you just went like this, and you had a little whiplash. Can adhesions come from that also? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we look at lifetime history of trauma and healing events because, as as I said, you 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 fall off of a horse or you ride a horse a long time a lot, and you get whacked in the tailbone a lot. You you start to get some inflammation there. The body's response is, "Oh, let me go help her out. Let me send in some cross links to lay down uh, to start healing." And so it, and then you get back on the horse again and again. It'll happen again, but and um, abuses we see quite a quite a bit of that, of course. So they just form and they they don't leave. Yeah, well, how how can we find out if we have adhesions in general? Okay, we we look at a history, a lifetime history of events, 
and we look at the symptoms that someone's having. The problem is, just like fascia, and you made the correlate. I made the correlation after you brought it up, because fascia covers virtually every structural cell in the body. It does not show up, nor does collagen, nor do adhesions on any MRI or CT. They just don't show up unless they're extremely thick. So. As a matter of fact, one of the most frustrating parts for these patients is that they look like everybody else, but inside they're being gripped with these straitjackets at 2,000 pounds a square inch, and, and the doctor will say, I don't see anything, because he doesn't or she doesn't, or there's nothing there, which is not accurate, or it's all in your head, or, you know, just relax, everybody has some pain. Well, that's not true, you know, uh, so... so what we do is we have people complete a, a pretty thorough medical history form. We go through it with them. We decide and con we'll consult with them on the phone. There's no charge to dis to determine first if 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 it's reasonable that, that they have adhesions and if if we may be able to help or a manual therapy may be able to help during that and certainly with the abdomen. During all of that, we have about six pages of contraindications that we look at. Because, we, for example, if somebody has Crohn's, we can help a lot of those people as long as they're under, as long as they're, the Crohn's is under control. If it's not in control, the manual therapy is going to not be advised, and we're not going to treat them until, until it is. So we, we do a very thorough screening process. Pretty much everybody has adhesions somewhere. It's, are your adhesions causing the the problems that you that you're experiencing when it comes to the techniques that you use okay number one does it hurt no it's not it's not cucumbers on the eyelids and rose water <laughs> okay so um but it's more of a time element than a pressure element we have the patient is in complete control so we say you know what Zero to ten, let me know how I'm doing. If you need me to back off any, just go ahead. I'm not going to stop. I'll just back off. So most people kind of want it deeper than we're really necessarily than we would be doing ourselves because they just, I want to get this job done. But um, the patient is always under control. Under control or in control? In control. <laughs> in control, yeah. So, so, um, so. The, being a manual therapist, like I've, I've treated about 45,000 patient treatment hours. So I put my hands on someone and I start sinking in. I just, we tend to go right to the adhered areas. And then the person will say, oh yeah, that's the place where I was telling my doctor. I keep telling my doctor about that. He said there's nothing there, but, um, but they know it's there. It was, part of it too, Siobhan, is that we invite not just to be polite, but because we get better results, we invite the patient to be part of the treatment team. So you're inside of this body. You know what you're feeling. I want you to let me know. And if you feel like, gosh, that's pretty good, but if you were down an inch and over to it, yeah, that's the place that gets me, just take my hand and put it there. And I say, what's there? I'm not going to get insulted. I'm going to go, hey, you're a good team member, okay? Because you've been living with this stuff for years, decades in many cases. If someone has an ileocecal valve that tends to be their vortex or problem area where maybe the bacteria is migrating um, back and forth and back and forth, can you all help that as well? 
generally speaking, yes. Um, there's um, the ileocecal area is an area that gets a lot of attention. My, I would say that most of the people who come to us who have had a surgery to remove part of their intestines, that ileocecal valve is gone. That's that's where it, that's where it's generally removed first. So um, yeah. Problem is that these little adhesions form in the ileocecal valve. It's become inflamed. The body goes, oh, need to help her out. Let me send in some crosslinks there to help patch the area. It gets thicker and thicker, and now that valve does not work as a mobile functional unit anymore. Now it's not supple anymore. It's 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 stuck. It's hardened. If if someone has been in a car accident and the seatbelt, right, the you know. Shoulder yep. strap, whatever that's called. Could they, I, I, I'm kind of answering my own question because I asked it before about just being in a car accident and having like whiplash, but you could get adhesions from having the seatbelt grab you and do its job, couldn't you? You can, you can. And it's often a pattern that we see, which is one shoulder, the opposite hip. It's kind of running like Zorro coming across, uh, across the body one in one direction or the other. If someone's at home and going, I've never even heard of an adhesion, we're actually going to put a slide up to show you, at least philosophically, uh, what an adhesion looks like. There's, there's a graphic that Larry has shared with us, so you can get a visual about that. And also on the Clear Passage website, there's a lot of information, and Larry has some great YouTube videos, too. So those are going to be resources for you. Larry, if someone's at home going, you know what, I've had a C-section, hmm, yeah, I was in a car accident and did the thing with the seatbelt and all that, or I, you know, played ball and that that softball just hit me, ooh, right there in the stomach, or the tennis ball. What would be the first step that they should do to try to figure out if they have adhesions? The um, if you can, you ask yourself if you want to know is this adhesions number one. What kind of tests have you had done? If you have had all these tests done and you keep hearing there's nothing there, I don't see anything, it, but you're just feeling something pulling you, pulling you down to the side, pulling you forward. It's, it just feels like something's just tight in there. Trust your, trust your gut, not to make a, a pun, but trust your gut and know that that's, and look, then look back at your history. Well, what, what if I had happened, you know, was I, did I have an accident? Did I have accidents? Have I had a surgery? Certainly C-sections. We treated women for C-sections. After they had two or three babies, they came back to us for, uh, we treated them for infertility. After they had two or three babies with C-sections, they came back to us to treat their bowel obstructions. So it's a major surgery, C-section. Um, so, so that's, you know, you, you can certainly discuss it with us. We're not really salesy. We're kind of trying to figure out, is this the right thing for you? Or we can point you in another direction. We will be glad to do that. Um, but it, so I hope that helps. It does. I mean, really, it's, adhesions are such a huge and undiscussed problem in medicine because doctors don't know what to do about it. They, they either... They either don't want to worry their patient, but I think a lot of them feel that way. Why should I tell my patient about this? There's nothing else that can be done with it. If it gets bad enough, I'll have to do surgery. Other than that, there really isn't anything. Um, so we're the only ones that I know that have really 
followed that tract of a non-surgical treatment, actually hired double PhDs and had the chief of staff of the hospital and other physicians and biostatisticians design studies for us and write them, create control studies so we could see what works and what doesn't. So, so um, we're, we're maybe pioneers in this, but we're still at the forefront of, of manual therapy for, uh, for treating it, adhesions. So you just said the word manual, which always reminds me that I, and I need to remind myself of this all the time. And what I'm about to say is obvious, but it's just not what we think of usually is the body is obviously a machine in so many ways. And I think about plumbing. I think about the intestines and the, I look at pictures all the time of um, anatomy books because it's one thing you should don't sit around here and think about your intestines or your liver. But when I look at those books, I go, okay, underneath my skin, underneath my little small thin layer of tummy fat, <laughs> behind the bloat, there is, you know, the appendix. There is the liver. I really am trying to familiarize myself with all of these organs and exactly where they are in my body, kind right. of to tune in, but also to remind myself that what I'm eating is going through a series of tubes and shoots. <laughs> And when I have tuned into that over the past year in particular, it has really helped me. And it's really helped me to be more aware. So it's not just like I'm experiencing food, I'm having a taste sensation, and then I have digestive problems. You know, there's a lot going on in between those two things. And when I started to really focus on the body as a machine, mm-hmm. it actually really helped me to be more compliant in the, the treatments and in my dietary choices. Right. So, it's that physical medicine, the approach that you're taking, which is such common sense. It makes so much sense. That's it. That's it. And, you know, you make a good point because people come in sometimes and they'll say, I don't know, you know, I've tried meditating and I've tried relaxing and I've tried, and I wonder what it is about me that can't, that can't get through this, that it's still there. Well, th- this, is not, this is not a spiritual quest. This is biomechanics. This is constrictions that are very powerful that are squeezing you. And unless you're the greatest guru in the world, possibly meditating, but but just as, as normal people, you it's very very frustrating. And and they think, gosh, there's something wrong with me that I can't get through this. I look like everybody else. The doctor's saying there's nothing there, but here's this stuff. Just this pain that's just always there it's not even that it's always so bad but that it's just always there or these symptoms or this dysfunction that i just cannot get rid of and cannot shake no matter how meditative or spiritual or what path i follow and how strong would the fingers of those adhesions be on the outside of my body like what is the strength of those if if it's able to be measured i think you mentioned it earlier yeah they've been adhesions are estimated at about two thousand pounds a square inch so you can lift a horse with a square inch of them. That's 140 kilos per square centimeter for anyone outside the U.S. Um, they're, they're stronger than steel, the type 2 collagen. Um, and the analogy is very good that you came up with because it's really the same stuff. When you get a cut or, or an injury on your skin and scar tissue forms, it's, it'll be there 40 years from now. It may be a small one, but it'll be there 40 years from now. When it happens inside the body, same thing. Once it forms, it stays there. The problem is that inside the body, when there's continued 
processes going on. There can be continued inflammatory processes or pulls as you try to stand up straight and it's pulling down below. Then your body creates more inflammation, then more crosslinks come rushing in and, and those tend to grow. And that, that's problematic. You just said something really important that I've got. I've had a lot of body work done because I've had these fibromyalgia-like symptoms for a very long time. And what I found was I would get the body work done and I would feel worse. And I used to think, oh, I'm just cleansing. I'm just, you know, having a Herx reaction or something. But in actuality, I discovered after being Rolf several times and postural integration and all this, uh, I've done the soft foam roller course. I became an instructor in it. That's how I knew that it was probably collagen. So I was really glad to be able to ask like a smart question about it. And what it turned out was when I was getting really strong body work, is that it was just eliciting an inflammation response in my body. Correct. And so I think a lot of people think that when they go and have deep tissue work done, that it has to hurt or it has to be painful and oppressive. But in reality, what you're saying, and in my experience, is that if someone really knows what they're doing and they're specially trained, and they go in and move and manipulate the body in certain ways and organs move in a certain ways. That's why you want something really, somebody really trained because these are your organs. It absolutely can release the adhesions, and it feels good. It doesn't feel painful. That's why I asked you, is it painful? Right. But it's really not. Instead, it's like, ah, this relief. That's correct. And I think the difference is, one, what you were at first describing, which people have often thought, well, we'll just plow through that. Well, you can't, if you plow through it and you grab some area that's adhered, it can actually tear it off the muscle or off the organ and can cause additional, some bleeding in there and some additional healing has to take place there. If you have a body worker who is sensitive enough to understand, yeah, we're just going to take it to a, to a to a nice limit and we're just going to stay there and kind of, I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to be woo woo, but kind of listen, listen to the body and just stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. You, um, then you can really do some good. You don't have to believe in it. It just is. It's mechanical. You don't have to be woo woo. I happen to be woo woo and very proud of it. It's worked for me, (laughs) but you, the science of yoga, the science of the universe I am a student of. But when you think about how it just makes sense, you have a plumber, you have an electrician, they come in, they fix angles and kinks and wires. That's what this is for your organs. Now, I call people like you living CAT scan machines. Because you, you're just like, oh, yes, that's your liver. Oh, th- there, that's your small intestine. Oh, that's your oh, omentum. Correct. Is that the right word, omentum? Yes. Yeah, that layer. Larry, thank you. Thanks so much to Larry Warren for joining us. And I hope you were as blown away by what you just heard as I was when I first learned about adhesions. To learn more about the clear passage technique, check out the show notes for links as well as the exclusive discounts we have negotiated for the SIBO SOS community on a variety of things, including very powerful SIBO supplements. I'm Siobhan Sarna. Thanks for being here at the SIBO SOS podcast.